every moment spent in connection, reflecting on who we are and how we've grown, the moments that are full of joy and celebration, and then those moments that challenge us and ask us to change course, pivot in a new direction, and grow and change in ways that we never anticipated. Every moment spent in connection, sharing those reflections, coming together around shared experiences, changes who we are. Because it allows us to get to know who we are, to get to know our hearts, and it allows us to form connections and community around shared passions, interests, and joy. Welcome to Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Through conversations focusing on life's biggest lessons, this series will explore the joys we can find through these experiences and the connection and community we create through sharing our reflections. It's an open and honest look at the moments and lessons in our lives that impact us. Every episode features a conversation that will leave you feeling inspired, motivated, full of joy, and get you thinking about the experiences in your life and the lessons they've taught you. Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Welcome back to Lessons In and the first Lessons In episode of 2021. On the podcast today, I am joined by Leah Dean to talk about a lesson she's learned in assembling our tribes and really forming lasting relationships. I am so excited and so glad that Leah and I sat down to have this conversation because I think right now, especially, we are almost one year into the pandemic and so many of us, including me, we're still at home and so our connections and our relationships are more powerful and more important now I think more than ever. And so there's something that Leah says in the middle of our conversation, and I don't want to totally give it away, but you'll hear this point, and I'm curious if it'll resonate for you too, about just how much we need these communities right now. We need these relationships and that we really can't survive without them. So I think it's safe to say that today's episode is a really powerful one, and I am so excited to share it. Leah Dean is a tribe formation expert, and she's the author of Assemble the Tribe, Believe in Your Value, Find Belonging, Be Different. She's, I mean, there are so, there are so many incredible things that Leah has done, and she's the founder and CEO of Conduit International Limited, which is a leadership and professional development firm that offers coaching experiences and consulting services, really aimed to help women shift their mindset about the power of support and gain confidence and clarity to lead, thrive, and level up in their personal and professional lives. She hosts events and workshops regularly that brings women around the world together. And I was just so happy to sit down with her for this conversation. Leah and I talk about why we need our tribes right now more than ever. Leah shares her tribe building formula with us, the places that we can find belonging and really what tribes have to do with purpose. Leah shares the growth that she's experienced as a result of writing her book, Assemble the Tribe, and the joy that she's found. Leah's reflections and her honesty and vulnerability, both in this episode, but also in her book, I think will really leave you feeling inspired and remind you of the beautiful connection between knowing our value and belonging. As Leah shares, when we start to do the work to nurture our relationships, both with ourselves and with others, it really allows us to show up in the world as our most authentic selves. 
Before we dive in to today's new episode, I want to share with you today's sponsor, BetterHelp. We are going through some challenging times, and I know that you're feeling it too. And now more than ever, it's really important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. This service is available for people worldwide too. Now more than ever, I have found that it's really valuable to talk to someone about what you're going through, whether that be anxiety, depression, grief, and loss. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which, if you ask me, is a game changer. I want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and ease-filled life, and I'm so excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. The link will also be included in our show notes. All right, guys, that's it. To learn more about today's new episode and our series, Lessons In, head on over to the website, seekthejoypodcast.com. Everything is right there. So without further ado, let's dive in to today's new episode, Lessons In Assembling Our Tribes with Leah Dean. Leah, I am so excited to have you on the podcast because I think your work and your new book, Assemble the Tribe, I shared this with you already, but I think it's so timely because finding our people, finding this broader network for ourselves, I think especially now in a time where we are still experiencing this pandemic, multiple pandemics at one time, um, that sense of connection and community and feeling supported is crucial. So thank you for being here. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. And thank you for having me. I could not agree that now this conversation is more important. It's it's just the, the timing is scary. It is. It really is. And so I'm curious, you know, I, I feel like I've kind of already touched on it, but through your work and your research in the book, why why do we need our tribes now more more than ever? So there are three reasons that I've identified. I mean, little did I know when I started to write this book that it would be done, finished, and releasing in the middle of a pandemic. Talk and about so timing. One, like, you know, talk, yeah, <laughs> it's just fortuitous that way. And so one of the things that, there are three things for me primarily. One is our relationship. Because of the pandemic, we've been forced inside. Um, we've been pulled apart. And, you know, whether you are recovering from the pandemic, you've lost a loved one, you know, there have been a lot of natural disasters around the world. There is a lot of support that we need in order to heal. Um, and, and I think our relationships are going to be a big part of that. You know, the research and the science, when, when you start to get into the health benefits of why you need relationships, we absolutely have to have them. And so for every woman or any, any guest that you have who's listening to this episode, that's the one thing about the book that I really want everyone to take on board. Relationships are not optional. You need people and they need you to survive. Mm. You know, babies will fail to thrive. You can reduce your risk of mortality 
These are the real health impacts of our relationship. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is that we, you know, as women, many of us have experienced rejection. You know, I did my own research study with over 1,200 women. So, you know, 60 plus percent of women have been part of a group. 71% have experienced rejection. 50% under the age of 18, 25% under the age of 13. And so, you know, we've, as women, we've experienced some pretty harsh rejection for many of us at a moment when we were developing and going through puberty and our brains were, Mm -hmm. right, which was a very vulnerable time. And so how do we reconcile that? How do we rebuild trust? And then when you look in the world and, you know, one of the more sinister forms of rejection that the world has been wrestling with this year around um, Black Lives Matter, like there is just so much that that really is forcing us, I think, and pulling us to reassess how we think about our, our relationships. And then the last reason why I think this conversation is so important, Assemble the Tribe, the topic is not gender specific, but I wrote this book for women. And the world, whether we like it or not, has a unique reliance on us as women. Mm-hmm. I, I like to caveat it. It's not better, but it is different. When you are a mother and you have the responsibility for nurturing, that is different. And, you know, I think the pandemic, you can look at the research in the news reports about the disproportionate impact that the virus is having on working women. I think we need to come together and support each other like never before. I love the answer you just gave because it's multifaceted. It's multi-layered. And the first thing that you said about relationships not being optional. And I have found that to be so real and true, especially last year in 2020. And, and I and I feel like in 2021 and every year moving forward, but we can often feel intimidated by those connections. We can feel intimidated, especially because of what you shared about rejection, about feeling vulnerable and it not panning out the way that we had hoped, not having those connections, being rejected. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, for anybody that is listening, I feel like there's a perspective shift that has to happen around our tribes, around our people, around finding it. And I know that through your book, you you really facilitated for yourself and for the reader this perspective shift. So I would love it if you could share that with us because I think it's crucial to unpacking what you just said about relationships not being optional, but also dealing with this aspect of connection and maybe feeling intimidated by, by those connections. So there are two pieces to that for me. One is a mindset shift and the other is a formula. So when I talk about mindset shift, when I started to write the book, I literally thought I was writing a book about female groups, which is why my research study is based on female groups, because that's what I thought a tribe was. I'm Mm going to help women build these groups. And I define group as three or more of women that they can do life with, because I have one we've been um, traveling together for almost 20, over almost 20 years. Wow. And that is incredible right? Just the, the support as you transition from various stages of life. So I was like, if I could just teach people how to do this, then I would have made a huge difference in the world. But what I learned as I started to pull the word tribe apart and talk to people and studying my research, you cannot have tribe because you can find a place to belong and still not experiencing belonging if you don't fundamentally mm-hmm. shift the way that you think 
about why I need to have these relationships. So, you know, I think that was a a huge thing for me that tribe is, yes, it's the one-on-one relationships that we have. It's the groups that we form. It's the way that we relate to everybody else that we connect with. But at its highest level, if I'm going to have success, I have to shift the way that I think about how I show up in every single relationship. Mm -hmm. And so in the process of writing the book, and there's a story that I share about it um, at the end of the book, I came up with what I call my tribe building formula. And it's very simple. It's believe plus belong equals be different. Mm. And if I, if you want, I can break down the three parts of the formula. Yeah, I would love that because I I feel like that component about belonging, you can be somewhere where you belong, but not feel like you are, you know what I mean? That you belong there. I think, yeah, if you could break down that formula, that would be great because isn't so much about it the way that you feel about yourself and feel about yourself and your self-worth and your confidence in the world? So I feel like you've read the book because that's part one. <laughs> I, I, I will say I read most of it. Um, I do my research because I was so, I'm telling you, I was so excited to sit down with you to have this conversation because I think now more than ever that community, that connection, those friendships, relationships, and that wider net that we can I'm doing something funny with my hands, but that lighter net that we can create. We're going to cast the net. Exactly. It's, it's so crucial right now. So yes, I would, I would love it if you could share that formula. Yeah. So the first part of the formula is believe. And when I talk about believe, I mean, believe in your value. Mm. And that kind of came out of left field, right? We, you cannot enter a healthy relationship if you don't fundamentally believe that you have value. And I know as you know, many women, many girls, we struggle with not feeling like we're good enough. And so the first part of really shifting the trajectory of our relationship story is to do the work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to understand what our gifts are. We have to understand some of our strengths and every strength can also be a weakness. So if I do too much of that, how is that going to impact my relationship? And having a willingness to do what I would call a thorough kind of self-inventory, who am I and what do I have to give? And so I talk a lot about that in the first part of the book. And then once we've done the work on ourselves and, and I don't want the readers to think that it's kind of linear, like I'm going to do the work on myself and then I can write because I think we're always a work in progress, but it's really this- Yeah, it's an ongoing process, right? Yeah. It's really this mindset shift that says, I'm always going to be working on myself and trying Mm -hmm. to be the best version. So then you take that into these relationships where I would say you belong and experience belonging. And it's different, right? You can join a club, you can be part of a group and still not experience belonging, which is intimacy. And then sometimes, which is one of my learnings, you need different types of different places to belong and experiencing belonging at different points in your life. So just to give you a quick story there, you know, I have that group of friends that I told you about. And I remember at a point it was because of a, the trigger was a change in my career. Mm. And all of a sudden I felt lonely And I thought to myself, where is this coming from? Because you've had this group of friends for over a decade. You are close. You know you have belonging. Why are you feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that I actually needed to add to my tribe because I needed more support and perspective 
because of the role that I had taken on. And so that's kind of when this whole idea that you need multiple tribes to complete your sense of, of wholeness and multiple tribes at different times of, in your life. Because one of the myths that, that I talk about in the book is that sometimes we find a group of folks that we can do life with and then we just entrench mm. and we become very exclusive. And that was my story for a while. I was like, my friendship card is full. I don't need any more because I have this. And so when I had that experience where I was like, hmm, I need more, that was a bit of a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. And so again, and, and there's different places you can find to belong, right? It's one-on-one relationships. I break it all down in the book. There are different types of groups that you can form. There are organic groups, professional groups, resistant groups. And you know, there's at least six of them that I talk about in the book. And then the question becomes, well, then how do I relate to everybody else? Because there are hundreds, if not thousands of people that you touch in your lifetime. So are they part of your tribe or are they not part of your tribe? So the book really starts to explore what that looks like if you only have so much capacity, right? Mm -hmm. And and we're talking about busy women. So we don't have, you know, hours and hours to engage in friendships. So the goal was really to help the reader navigate all of those different levels of relationship. And so the idea, just going back to the formula, if you believe in your value and you found these places to belong and you've Mm -hmm. started to do the work to nurture them, that should have almost a springboard effect that helps you to show up differently in the world. Mm -hmm. Because worst case scenario, I'm going to experience rejection. And this is actually an interesting lesson that I'm teaching my daughter who's 12, right? She has Mm -hmm. these moments where she feels rejected and I have to remind her, but what about this person? And what about that person? And what about this person? They still care about you. And so what I loved about, what I've been loving about this process of teaching her some of the um, information in the book is she said, right. And so she had this one particular situation where she focused on the people that she was still friends with while she tried and I helped her work Mm -hmm. through the relationship that was struggling. And at the end of the day, she said, you know what, mommy, if you lean on your friends and try to work on the other relationships, sometimes if you can figure it out, it actually makes the relationship stronger. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my (laughs) God. I love that. I love that. And I love what you just shared about this formula because it's about how you can begin to show up in the world differently and expand your worldview, expand your relationship view, expand everything that kind of ties into it. I have found, especially during the pandemic, it's really important for me to find ways to continue to expand my circle, continue to expand the people that I speak to, what I'm exposed to. And I'm lucky that I get to do it through the podcast. I get to have a conversation with somebody new almost weekly. And that's been a blessing for me. But beyond that, I've also made sure to connect with new people, whether it's just a 15 minute Zoom call or um, talking in DMs on Instagram, just to continue to broaden um, that circle for myself without really looking to gain anything out of it other than real connection and understanding and hearing how somebody else is doing, you know, through this time is so valuable. I love what you shared about your daughter too, because you're so right. We, we find rejection in one space and we forget too about all the other good things. Um, on the other hand, and I found, you know, this so interesting, interestingly connects 
to joy because, and I shared this with you prior to us sitting down to record, you know, I often find that these relationships, our ability to relate to others, to find commonality and common ground and to learn from one another, it enhances, it increases that joy um, capacity for ourselves and the way in which we experience it too. I'm curious if that has been your experience or, and I know this is kind of like a double-headed question, but what your, what your experience with joy has been for yourself, you know, through this process with your tribe, with teaching people about tribes, I would just love to talk about how this, how this connects to joy. So I, I, it's, it's a really good question. And I had to spend some time thinking about how does this connect to joy? Cause joy, most people think of it as kind of this happiness and this feeling, but mm-hmm. you know, feelings can be fleeting sometimes. True. So true joy has to be something that is almost like resident in your in your soul. And when I think about all of the situations that I've experienced, you know, and, and what joy really looks like in the context of tribe, I think the most impactful story I share in the book, so I won't won't share that here, but last year, two of the folks in my tribe experienced um, a what could have been a terminal disease and death in their family. Mm. And when I thought about what happened in those moments, you had, you know, six, seven, eight women literally show up and give in the way that was authentic to them. Mm. And that brought me so much joy because it was knowing that that group that I had cultivated from the age of, I don't know, 20, almost, well, I won't give away my age, but <laughs> don't age almost, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> for almost 20 years, they would drop everything in a moment to support each other. And then when I need them to support me, and that brings me joy. But then it kind of amplified a little bit because we all have different gifts. So some folks cooked, some folks dropped everything and went down and, you know, you, you could lay on her, lay on her shoulder and have a good cry, but we all were able to support each other in a way that was authentic to each of us. Mm-hmm. And so it brings me a lot of joy to think that when we invest in these relationships at the times when we need them most, they will pay us back in spades. And in my research, I found that as we age, the research actually shows that as you age, your familial relationships are slightly less important than your friendships. Only because, you know, I have three siblings, there may come a point where we need to make some really tough decisions about what happens in our family. And that is stressful, but it's Mm -hmm. your girlfriends and the tribes that you've built that are going to give you those safe places to just exhale. Mm -hmm. And so those relationships become even more important. And so when I start to see this playing out practically in these relationships that we've been cultivating. And it's not always been easy, but we've said that we'd rather be friends and we'd rather be together than be apart. To see that manifest in such a tangible and impactful way. And then the idea that I can share it with other people, like for me, that was joy. Mm. The story that you just shared, I think is powerful and, and a really good reminder of 
the value of these relationships and the value in investing in them upfront. Because I think sometimes we often think about with friendships or relationships or um, whether it's a relationship with a coworker or an acquaintance, we often go looking for them when we need them. But we, if we can build them up front and have them and have them be part of our wider network, it, it's invaluable because you can go to someone else in, in your larger tribe, you know, like you shared, someone can cook, someone can be that shoulder that you can cry on. The other piece that you shared, I think, is also really powerful about how that ties into authenticity and how that element of joy, um, if you are showing up as who you are in your most authentic form, you know, no denial about what you love or how you show up in the world or who you are and what you do or what you're passionate about, it adds to that element of joy too. And so I'm curious, you know, authenticity and joy for me often reminds me too about purpose. And so I'm curious, what do tribes have to do? And I may not formulate this question well, but what I'm trying to get at is, yeah, like what do our tribes have to do with our purpose? How do those things sort of, how does that intersect or or relate to one another? So if you don't mind, just before I answer that, I wanted to just touch on something that yes, you said. Yes, please. Yeah. Because we've been talking about tribes in the context of joy. And mm-hmm. I think what's really important for your listeners to remember is that tribes don't always bring us joy. Sometimes yes, they, thank can you for be, saying that. they can be really hard and it can be hard work. But when you just make a decision, which is why that whole mindset thing is so important, so just to give you another example, in my group, I'm like the organizer. I'm the one that's always pushing people <laughs> to do things. And if you know anything about organizing groups of people, it's it's like, it's work. Yes, it is. And <laughs> I was so happy to do it for so many years because I think that that's a gifting that I have. But I got to a point when my job was getting busy and my kids were, were really young, that it became overwhelming. And so in that moment, when folks just weren't cooperating, I really wanted to be frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, just like, ah, you know, maybe I should just forget about this. And then I thought to myself, if you don't do the thing that you are gifted to do, because it's easy for me, it's, mm-hmm. it can be a pain, but it is easy for me. If you don't do the thing that you're gifted to do, the alternative is the group breaks and falls apart. And so I'm just so grateful that I persisted. Mm -hmm. And as a group, we've been very good about having conversations about what's important to us and the things that frustrate us. We don't always have it in a timely manner, but I just want to make sure that your listeners have a balanced perspective. Good quality relationships take work. And I think, you know, the only relationships that you think about putting work into or like a spouse or your children, but you need these other ones. So I just don't want to leave that out. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you said that because it's that, it's that balance and knowing that you have to put in the work and sometimes it's not going to be easy, right? Sometimes you're, we'll have a falling out with somebody or you'll disagree and it's, it's tense, but it's, it's about how you can work from that space. So thank you for saying that. I think that's and I share a, a lot of tips in the book about, you know, necessary conversations and navigating some of the complications that we experience that are unique yeah. to us as women. So that, that I, I do cover all of that. Um, now to answer your question about tribes and purpose. And so I think about purpose as something that you don't have to search for. So many people are always signing up for courses on, I need to discover my purpose. I need to. But if you think about what purpose is by definition, purpose is the reason why something exists. Mm -hmm. 
So if your purpose is the reason why you exist, then I would say that means you don't have to find it. Mm -hmm. It's already inside you. So it's more of just an analysis and and some self-reflection on what is it that's authentic to me? What am I um, best at? And I believe I am gifted to help people build tribes. And I can do that anywhere. I can do that as a coach. I can do that through the events that I create. When I worked in corporate, you know, building teams and helping leaders, that's building tribes. So the thing that is most authentic within you, you can do that anywhere at any time. And it's going to look different at different points in your life. But when you you really look back, you'll say, "Hmm, I've been doing that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know. I can trace this whole tribe building thing back to the time that I was six or seven. So it is literally just inside you. But what do tribes have to do with purpose? When you understand what your authentic purpose is and, and what's inside you, and you find the right tribe of people to support you, they can literally accelerate any of your dreams. And in my case, whether it's writing a book or organizing an event, I can call my friends and say, hey, help me get this message out because I can't do it on my own. And I always used to say to my teams, you know, we're better together than we are on our own. And that's true in the corporate space. And it's true in our relationships as well. You know, I support you, you support me. I own my purpose. I own the thing that, you know, I I had to write the book myself, but they have helped me spread it to places that just wouldn't have not been possible if I was doing it on my own. Mm. I love what you just shared because it resonates so much with my perspective on purpose as well. I say this all the time. You don't have to do anything more than just show up because it's all within you. It's about what are you passionate about? What are you drawn to? What brings you joy? And so finding and recognizing what that is for yourself by really just looking within, I love how you shared its connection to tribes and our tribes and and how it all sort of comes together. I have, I have loved having this conversation with you. And I think if there's anything that I can take away from our time together this morning is that now more than ever, we need these tribes. And the word tribe, as you talk about in the book, is so much broader than I think we've allowed ourselves to know and realize and believe. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage anybody who's listening to go out and get the book because it is a, it's a, such a good read and it's so timely. And I'm excited to share this, I think, especially as we continue to weather the coronavirus and we're at home and we're figuring out how to connect um, and build more connections and widen that scope for ourselves. So Leah, thank you for coming on the podcast. I have loved this time with you. Where can everybody find you, find the book, connect <laughs> and and learn more? So there's so many, with social media, there's so many ways to, to connect. Um, you can find the book first and foremost on Amazon, Assemble the Tribe. We have it in ebook, paperback, hardback, and I'm working on the audio book with some bonus material, which will come out sometime in 2021. So I'm excited about so that. Cool. My handle is at Leah J.M. Dean. J is for Julie, which is my mom's name. M is Mm. Michelle. She said it just sounded nice. So Leah J.M. Dean. I love it. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. It's the same across all my platforms. So at Leah J.M. Dean. And I always tell people, come hang out with me at the place that feels most natural for you. 
Perfect. I'm still building all of it um, as I transition into this space, but wherever you enjoy hanging out, um, let's spend some time there. Perfect. And everything is going to go in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to connect with you and, and learn more. And just thank you so much again. This was so much fun. I'm, I'm really glad. I'm so glad that we did this. This was awesome. No, I've enjoyed the conversation and I really appreciate kind of your perspective on how the thing that you love, there's mm-hmm. joy in it. So thank you for just kind of giving me the moment to reflect on these things because I think there's a lot to be joyful in, joyful about in our relationships. Mm, I think so too. And thank you for saying that. I, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.